This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Another sign, too, that I see a ton um, is just these people start making more mistakes at work or they're forgetful. When you're burned out and you're stressed and you're also not sleeping well, you get into this mental fog. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is a hot and humid day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to encourage you to join us on our growing YouTube channel. Search for Deep Leadership on YouTube for videos of all my interviews and exclusive content. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about how to avoid burnout. Now, burnout is a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling swamped. It's a result of excessive and prolonged emotional, physical, and mental stress. Burnout happens when you're overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to keep up with life's relentless demands. And my guest today is Michael D. Levitt. He wrote the book on how to become burnout proof. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, this is your episode. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Michael D. Levitt. Michael is the founder and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, a San Diego and Toronto-based burnout consulting firm. He is a keynote speaker focusing on the great resignation, quiet quitting, and burnout. He is the host of the Breakfast Leadership Show, a certified NLP and CBT therapist, and a Fortune 500 consultant. Michael is the author of Burnout Proof, How to Establish Boundaries to Avoid the Negativity of Stress. And I'm excited to have him on the show to learn how to become burnout proof. So Michael, welcome to the show. Great to be with you today. Yeah, it's good to meet you. This is a subject we haven't covered, and I'm excited to talk about it because it seems like it's more prevalent. <laughs> because we, as we talked about before we press record, the world is changing very quickly, and right. uh, it's hard to keep up sometimes, and it can be very stressful. So uh, I'm excited about talking about the subject of burnout. But before we get started, uh, tell us uh, what you do at the Breakfast Leadership Network. All kinds of fun stuff, but primarily the organization works with organizations and individuals on burnout recovery. I wish it was prevention, but you know, much like medical care, you usually only go to the doctor when you're not feeling well. But uh, a lot of a lot of work on burnout recovery and then obviously most importantly how to prevent it from happening again. Also work with organizations on workplace culture, 
retention, uh, you know, hiring the right people and, you know, turning organizations around. It's work that I've done professionally, you know, for quite a long time. And uh, back in 2016, launched the business and started writing books and podcast show and speaking and coaching, consulting. It's, it's been a wild ride and, you know, it, it just still amazes me that, you know, this all came from an idea and my own personal journey with burnout and it launched a, a fully fledged business. So it's, it's been quite the ride. Uh, that's, uh, that's outstanding. And, you know, as I talk to many people on the show, we, everybody kind of gets into their field and expertise in, in interesting ways. And it sounds like you had a personal experience that, that led you down this pathway. You know, definitely. Uh, back in 2009, I had my own burnout journey and just to, you know, keep, keep track of time and whatnot, I'll, I'll kind of give you a real concise version of what happened. Uh, I was a healthcare executive and I wasn't taking care of myself and I was burning out and burning the candle at three ends, as I like to say, and it all came to a crashing halt in May of 2009. And over a period of a year or 369 days to be exact, the following happened to me. I had a heart attack at age 40 that should have killed me. And then 17 weeks later, during the Great Recession, I lost my job mm -hmm. uh, because uh, they didn't want to have me around anymore. So it took me months to find a new job. Finally did, ended up relocating to Toronto. And shortly after re relocating uh, and commuting back to the Windsor, Ontario area across the border from Detroit, uh, while I was working and the family was still down in Windsor, I got a phone call from my oldest daughter, who was 10 at the time, and she said that the bank had come and repossessed our family vehicle. Because when you are on unemployment for a long time and you're not getting a whole lot of money and you're also taking heart medication that costs $1,000 a month without any drug insurance coverage, you have to make choices on what bills you pay. And, you know, thankfully our creditors, you know, had worked with us for quite a long time. We kept them up to speed on things. But if you remember, it was a great recession. There was a lot of people going through similar yeah. challenges. So the banks exercised their right to uh, take their asset back and not mad with them still bank with that bank today. So I'm, I'm not upset. Um, I didn't make the payments. They took the vehicle. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. I know other people might have a different approach on that. But for me, I never blamed anybody but me uh, on all those situations. And then finally, after moving the family up to Toronto, we were getting ready to sell our house. Uh, the bank decided to do that for us and uh, foreclose the home. So that was all in a year. So heart attack, job loss, car repossession, home foreclosure, all in a year. And all those things happened to me because I was burned out. I wasn't making good choices at work. I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm -hmm just, you know, overwhelmed with everything in life. And after all those things happened, I, you know, I had a choice, you know, one, I could have said, Hey, wow, I'm, I'm Superman. I survived all those things. I can just continue living my life the way that I did before. No problem. Look, look how resilient I am. But I realized actually that's not the best way to approach it. So I, you know, basically took a very I don't say long journey, but it took me a few years, uh, a journey to rediscover who I am, what I'm about, what I wanted to do, and I needed to reinvent how I live life. I always warn people at this point that 99.9% .9 of people that are burned out or are burning out do not need to reinvent their life. I don't want to scare people thinking, oh, no, yeah. I don't want to be different. Most people just need to make a couple adjustments here and there in their life, and when they do that, 
it will have a positive ripple effect on other aspects of their life, which will reduce their stress, which of course ends up becoming burnout. But for me, I had to. And then I reinvented myself and went back into healthcare. Uh, my parents wanted to have me committed. They're like, are you crazy? You're going back into the field that nearly killed you? And I said, I'm going to go about it differently. And I did uh, because I did the work and was successful, grew clinics, was on boards of directors, you know, making health decisions for communities and, and whatnot. And then I started noticing my peers were burning out and I thought, okay, I got to do something about this because I've got some knowledge about what burnout can do, and I don't want to see anybody ever go through that. So I started talking with people, and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to work through it, which is usually the mentality. I'll just work through it. It'll get better. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get better. Um, it, do it doesn't. You're just prolonging the inevitable and maybe running into your own year of worst case scenarios. So I thought, well, let me start doing some research on burnout, and this was in 2014. And I was like, whoa, ho, ho, yeah. this is bad. This is 2014. So I said, hey, I'm going to start writing about my my story a little bit. I didn't write my story, but I was writing about burnout. Here's this and this. And that you know, spun off into an opportunity to you know launch a business on the side and do a little bit of consulting here and there and writing and then launch the podcast and then decided to write a book about my story, uh, 369 days. Um, yeah. and that was my first published book and, uh, went on speaking tours and then you know, decided I needed to write a book about what I had experienced in working with people and teams on burnout that was different than mine. Cause my perspective of burnout and my experience was, you know, obviously pretty severe in other cases, not so much. So I wanted to start gathering all of that based on all the research that I've done. And that's that's why I decided to launch uh, Burnout Proof. And it was about ready to launch. And then this little thing called COVID-19 pandemic <laughs> happened. Yes. So I thought, let's put a hold on this book for a little bit oh, because I want to yeah. see, I want to see what's going on with this. And then as we as we talked about in the pre-show, how the burnout numbers started to increase. I'm like, oh no, that's not good. So I, you know, I added, I went back and I added a chapter on COVID nineteen and and burnout and and whatnot. And it's, you know, we still see the numbers, and it it's still it's still there. It's still out there. Um, for some people, it's getting worse because stressful situations, and that's what burnout is. Uh, you know, the World Health Organization. We've heard from them over the last few years, haven't we? Um, prior to all the fun that we've been dealing with over these past three plus years, uh, they actually uh, issued what they call an ICD, which is a disease code uh, for burnout. They didn't classify it as a disease, though. They classified it as a workplace phenomenon. And basically, they've defined burnout as prolonged stress that's unaddressed and i throw in the you know when you're mentally physically spiritually everything drained and you're just overwhelmed with life and you can't accomplish the things you want to accomplish uh which is the kind of the basic definition of burnout but you know we can go into the signs and how to prevent it and all that kind of stuff so that's a long-winded answer to you know why i got into the work that i'm doing yeah. No. And, and, and again, I think it's, you know, I think to be honest, you want to learn from people that have had those experiences. Right. I mean, I think, 
you know, again, I think that the books that are that are most successful in the leadership community are people that actually experience uh, something and they want to teach a lesson through that. And I think, you know, we've had a lot of authors on uh, on the show where they've had their personal journey has taught them lessons, right? Like um, cautionary tales to make sure that others don't fall into that same trap or have those same problems. So yeah, this is, that's that's the kind of book that we need to be reading as leaders. So we understand, like, let's learn from someone who went through this so that we don't have to kind of deal with some of these same uh, challenges ourselves. So you, exactly. know, you can learn from experience or you can learn from others. And I think when it comes to burnout, I prefer to learn from others than than, than deal with it myself for sure. So Don't blame um, you. <laughs> so your latest book is called Burnout Proof, How to Establish Boundaries to Avoid the Negativity of Stress. Uh, you mentioned uh, the definition of burnout, so prolonged stress. Uh, what does it look like? Um, is is it com- is there uh, common signs for people that are going through this burnout? So what, is it, what does it look like when people are, are approaching or, or in this stage of burnout? Yeah, there's a, usually four or five things that I tend to see in people that are burning out. Number one is, you know, what's their sleep been like? Mm. Now, some people you know, are chronically bad sleepers. So, you know, that may not be a, a good sign for somebody if they've never slept well. Uh, but the problem with not getting good sleep is we do so much damage to ourselves on a daily basis. And I don't care if you eat the healthiest foods, you get all your exercise in, you know, have 0.0% body fat, you are, you know, blood work is perfect. You know, your doctor's like, you're the poster child of a patient. Great. But we still get stress in our lives. There's the air we breathe, the food we eat, the information that we consume. Um, all takes a toll on us, relationships, arguments, discussions, frustrations, all of those things kind of pile up during the day, unless you're really good at deflecting them or working through them and and sending them on their way. Uh, But most of us, unfortunately, aren't that good at that. So what happens is when we're tossing and turning and we're not getting good sleep, all that stressful damage that we've been faced with today, our body doesn't repair it. So what happens is today's stress gets piled on to tomorrow's stress. And if it gets prolonged, well, then that's what happens with people that burn out is it's just prolonged stress that's not addressed. And, you know, some people can navigate these stressful situations better than others. But sometimes it's this little bit of stress that just permeates and just kind of sticks around and starts building up over time. You know, people say, how long does it take to burn out? It really depends on the individual. Uh, some people can burn out pretty quickly. Some people could take a few years. Like in my situation, it was you know almost three years before it finally came to a head. But in looking back at it, I, it was, there was, you know, ingredients in play for quite a long time and I was just able to navigate through it. Uh, but it all stopped in that wonderful spring of 2009. But at the end of the day, sleep is definitely one of those things that if you can focus on getting good sleep, then you can repair the damage that you did today. So you have a better chance of, of dealing with stress because when you feel better, you have more clarity and awareness, you can avoid stress in many ways, or at least navigate around it or deal with it better. Another sign that is a big red flag for a lot of people is you're not motivated to do things anymore. Now, I'm not just talking about work. I'm talking about things you actually like doing. 
you know, as I mentioned, I was in Windsor across the border from Detroit. I was a season ticket holder for the Detroit Tigers at that time. And that's when the Tigers were good. They had gone to the World Series uh, three years before. You know, they were competing. You know, there are always a good chance for them to at least make the playoffs. So they were a really decent team. It's always a sellout at the stadium. So it was a fun time. And when you're a season ticket holder, that means your tickets are paid for, your beer vouchers paid for, your food vouchers paid for, your parking is paid for. You just got to show up, bring your driver's license. That's the only thing you need. You don't need any cash or money because you've got the vouchers and the tickets. I quit going. Mm. And I love baseball. It's been my my favorite sport forever. My first career as accountant was because of Topps baseball cards because I figured out how to calculate the stats on the back of a card pack back in 1977 to date myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured out how to do that you know, with pen and paper. I didn't even use a calculator. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So my first career was because of the back of baseball cards. Um, crazier things have happened. But... For me, I quit going because I wasn't motivated. And I was like, I'm working too much. I don't want to do it. So if you've got friends or family that normally go out and do things like, no, work's been too busy. I, I don't feel like doing it. If it's a one-off, okay. But if it's stopping from happening all the time, then that's definitely a warning sign. Another sign, too, that I see a ton um, is just these people start making more mistakes at work or they're forgetful. When you're burned out and you're stressed and you're also not sleeping well, you get into this mental fog. And when you have that, you have a lack of clarity. You have attention span that isn't good. You also um, will miss things. You know, you could be looking at a spreadsheet, for example, and you're trying to find the error and you can't see it. But a colleague comes over and they see it as if it's highlighted in neon yellow yeah. and it's 10 sizes bigger font. Okay, there's your error, but you've looked at it for the last two hours. You can't find it. They come here five seconds. It's right there. And that's another warning sign when you're not seeing things well. And then another big one tends to happen is if you see the demeanor of your colleagues or friends or loved ones change, if they're a little bit more short-fused or irritated. Now, we're seeing a lot of that already out in, in the world when we go to the grocery store or road rage or anything else i've noticed it a lot of people i talk to have noticed it too it just seems like people are a bit more short-tempered than they were before which again is disappointing because when we were all told that we couldn't go out and play with each other for a while when we actually had that opportunity to do that again i was hoping that people would be a little bit more happier and jovial but and yeah, that has not been the case. And it's, <laughs> no. it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, it's really concerning to me from a you know variety of reasons, because when people aren't happy and they're not feeling well, and they go to work, n- nothing personal against them, but they're not putting in the best effort that they can, mm-hmm. which means the products and services that you and I consume aren't as good as they could be. And that robs all of us when we're not getting the best that we could get when people aren't being able to be their best because of being burned out. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. One of the things you said, and, and, it, and it got me thinking too, is you talked about inputs. So you mentioned, you know, information. How do you you know, what, what are you filling your mind with every day? You mentioned food, you mentioned air, you mentioned sleep. A lot of those are, are inputs, you know, and it's almost yep. like if you put in, uh, 
if you put poisons in, you're you're going to get you know getting a poisonous output. So there's, it's almost like you you've got to you know keep control of what you're what you're you're feeding your mind, what you're feeding your body is is going to. So if you're eating a lot of junk food, if you're if you're you know watching the news and and the you know the twenty four seven news cycle where everything is you know a disaster and a problem, right? I, I think that that seems like that adds to the stress and it doesn't relieve the stress. Whereas maybe uh, reading a reading a um, a fictional book or <clears throat> going for a walk or you know doing something that gets you away from that that negative input is probably helpful. I would imagine. Oh, definitely. It's definitely things that you know people should you know focus on doing things that they enjoy doing and. Yeah, consuming the news all the time, it doesn't matter what flavor you watch, whether it's CNN or Fox or MSNBC or Newsmax or whatever, they're all the same. They're all they're all sensational because that's what drives people to watch, which boosts ratings, which boosts ad revenue. I had and I know a former producer at one of those. Um, cable news places and he said that in their production meetings they would look at a story and they say that's not sensational enough mm, yeah. it's like it's supposed to provide news and information but it's providing you know based on true events kind of thing i'm not saying that they're lying but sometimes there's some exaggeration of things uh that you know, gets people upset and and what happens is you carry that you know if you if you're you like one political party and you hate the other campaign or party or whatever when that other person comes on the screen you know if you if you really don't like them for whatever reasons you you tense up you get angry what does that do just think about that think about getting angry for a minute and, and just kind of notice on how you feel it you're, you're feeling tense and if that's going on throughout the day and you're watching a 30-minute news segment or you're watching it for, oh, the local news comes on at 4 and you watch it until 7 and then you watch Jeopardy for half an hour, then the news is back on again. Yeah, you're watching maybe 6, 7, 8, 10 hours of news a day potentially or you have it running in the background. You're consuming a lot of negativity and that's going to take a toll. I don't tell people to live in a cave and don't watch the news. I do say have some boundaries around what you consume understand what's good for you you know the information you consume limit it you don't need to watch 12 hours of news figure out what you want to know about news weather sports whatever and get that information and then step away from it and go back to doing things that are good for you or that are work related or relaxing whatever figure out what those things are and make sure you do them because when people burn out they cut those things out and mm. it just takes a negative toll on everybody yeah absolutely i know for me personally i i stopped following politics when um when trump and hillary were running against each other that's when it got to the point where i was like i can't take it anymore and i and i completely unplugged from american politics and and I was uh, kind of a little bit of a political junkie. I was always kind of following what was happening. But I unplugged, and that's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, I don't really know day-to-day -day what's happening in the political you know, arena, and, and I think it's better. <laughs> yeah. It's almost better. It's, it's, it's more healthy. I, you know, a lot of times someone will say, can you believe this happened? I'm like, what, what happened? I didn't even hear about it, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a kind of, you know, there's almost an ignorance is bliss kind of thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if that's true, but for me personally, um, I don't. I, I it's. It, I don't have to worry about that. It's almost like I let go of that stress. I was like, I. I. This is causing me too much stress. I let go of it, and now I don't worry about it. You know, and uh, and I think that's. I think you know we have to find again healthy alternatives. Don't eat the junk food. Eat the fruit, right? You know, and I think mm-hmm. that's the same thing with with the information that's coming in. Don't don't eat the junk. You know, yeah. you know, consume content that is uplifting and it's going to help you versus going to make you stressed. Exactly. Write down, you know, something that Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn both and other influential leaders in our history have all said. You know, have goals for your personal life. Write them down every day. You know, don't just write them down. So, okay, this is my goal. And great. No, literally take time and take five minutes to write them out every day because there's something about handwriting them out mm-hmm. that commits them to part of your brain where you're going to like, okay, that's a motivating factor for me to get closer to that step. Yeah, there's goals that I've written down and I look at them like, wow, I should check that off. I've accomplished that. Mm-hmm. But it's still, yeah. I write yeah. it down because like, you you made it and it just, it it re-energizes you to the point where you change your focus on external things that are just noise and you know political campaigns i know you you, know, you haven't watched much but it's pretty much now you know 5 seconds after they declare the winner of the 2020 election the 2024 campaign has begun it's starting yeah yeah and exactly. it's like for, for <laughs> me and this is the only political thing i'm going to say on anything is study all the candidates especially if there's just two on the ballot two main ones what are your beliefs as an individual, your causes, you know, environment, healthcare, education, the big items and small ones. Find out, and there's ways to do that, find out where each candidate stands on those things and then, you know, go with your your gut and your choice of who would likely implement those things to move those things forward. That's how I approach things, and that's where I'm going to stop because <laughs> yeah, otherwise... You don't need to watch a 24-7 news cycle to do that, to do no. a little research. No. Right? What you'll yeah. figure out as an individual what's important yeah. to you, not what the news is telling you is important. Yes, figure, exactly. figure out what's important to you and your family and your kids, your grandkids or your community, and and just figure out what's who the best candidates are to do that. And if they're not there, then you know, start demanding your Congress people to start focusing on those things to improve your community because yeah. that's why they're there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you talk about establishing boundaries. I was curious about that. Um, mm-hmm. What does that look like? How do we do it? And why is it important? It, it's so important to establish boundaries because we have to protect ourselves. And you know, I'm a reformed people pleaser. I identify mm-hmm. as that. And there's a great book that came out in 2000 called Disease to Please by Dr. Mm-hmm. Harriet Breaker. I highly recommend that book. She's since passed away. So I'm hopefully the family gets royalties, but it's a great book. And there's a 21 day exercise at the end of it. And when I read it, I kind of had an idea of what type of people pleaser I was. But when I read the book, I recognized I was different than that. And it was a very self-convicting book for me, but in a good way, because it brought to light why I did things and why I would bend over backwards and just completely violate my own self-care and my own boundaries to help somebody out. And there's a, and I inherited that trait from, you know, from my parents. And 
even, you know, the last time my mom went above and beyond and did something, you know, to her detriment, you know, I finally told her, I said, mom, you got to quit cutting off your feet to give somebody shoes, Mm. you know, give them shoes. You keep Mm. your shoes. You got to take care of you first. You know, the the airlines, oxygen mask on first before you help anybody else. It's the same thing. We have to take care of ourselves first. And that can be hard because especially if we've grown up in the, well, you help out others before you're said, no, it's in religions or, you know, the talk about that too, but you have to take care of you because there, no one else will. Uh, yeah. You, you yeah, are, think, you have to take care of yourself. I think of, you know, one of the, one of the popular leadership styles is servant leadership where you're sort of putting people above yourself. And I see that that, you know, and, and you know, talking with a lot of pastors and people in the, in the, the Christian community, for example, there is heavy, heavy, heavy burnout in in that uh, in that leadership in those leadership ranks because of this idea of trying to take care of everybody and not yourself. And I think that yeah. if you do that, you know, if you 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 can't do that for the long term, you know. And I think right. that's that's why it's important to self care is essential. If you want to be a great servant leader, serve yourself and serve others. You know, you can't just yeah. serve others, like you said, cut off your foot. Uh, to 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 give somebody a shoe, right? That is that's that's ultimately going to be a short career, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a case of if you take care of your best self, then when you do serve, they're getting a much better version of you than they would have otherwise, and yeah. you're still taking care of yourself, but you're helping and you're actually better at it than you would be otherwise. Do you do you talk about in the book um, self care items and 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 ways that we can take care of that? So what are some of those that that we should be thinking about from a self care standpoint? Yeah, definitely you got to make sure that you get good sleep and uh, instead of spending money on that brand new eight thousand inch television to replace your six thousand inch television, invest in a good bed and good pillow and good bedding find the mattress and the comfort that feels good to you because think about it where do we spend the most consecutive hours of our day in one spot where we sleep right and if we get good quality sleep that helps you navigate around or through stressful situations easier because you're rested you're prepared you know this from your military training and service when you're going into battle, what do you want to be as prepared as you possibly can be to be successful? The athletes do it. We should all do it. How do I make sure that I am the best version of me tomorrow? Well, I know what I got to do today in order to make that happen tomorrow from just you know making sure I'm taking care of myself, eating the foods that I know are right for me yeah. um, and avoiding the foods that aren't uh, as best I can. And you know, just you know, keeping track of things and and you know, doing the things I want to do, keeping track of my to do list, accomplishing things. Check those things off that you do, even if it's little. There's something about accomplishing something. You feel good. You're like, yeah, I did that. Got that done. It's just there's reinforce yourself of you know just doing good things that are benefiting you, which of course benefits others. And when you do that, it just it makes your life so much better. But yeah, there's all kinds of examples in the book and and whatnot. Yeah. You keep talking about sleep and I keep thinking I that is like the one thing I'm I I stink at. <laughs> so I'm a four I'm a four AM guy. I like to get up early. I like to get a lot done. Um yep, I don't too. get enough sleep during the week. I know that. And everything I've ever read talk, talks about the importance of sleep. And it's just an area I don't 
I don't focus enough attention on. But um, so you're you're giving me a good reminder because I had one of my employees today said, you know, like how much how much sleep do you get? I said, well, last night I went to bed at eleven thirty, got up at four, and he's like, that's not enough sleep. You need more sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know that, <laughs> but it's it's interesting that um, there's there's part of me is is the idea of like wanting to get more done. So I get mm-hmm. I get more day if I if I sleep less at night. But I also realize, like like you say, that that puts a toll on your body. You don't get enough. You don't get enough time to reset. And you know, we were talking about the military. We never got enough sleep in the military. We we were always up. And and I maybe maybe it's bad habits I picked up when I was in yeah. the military, which is I just need a nap and I'm good. You know. Yeah. Well, when you always know, see all the movies and TV shows of you know military things and that, and they're showing you know the barracks and where you know the military personnel are sleeping. It's like they don't sleep. Why do, they don't even get they don't get issued beds? What's what's that all about? It's like find <laughs> yeah. a, find a corner. You know, use your helmet. If you you know take off your shirt, you can wrap the helmet a little bit so it gives a little cushion. Oh, no, seriously, military guys can we can sleep anywhere, and and and, and women too. We can sleep anywhere. I I, I make a joke. I said I can sleep on a ladder. I mean I I. Don't <laughs> but 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 I think, but to your point, you sh- I shouldn't be doing this. I should be getting you know a good seven eight hours of sleep and then really reset my body for a good day. It's one of the areas I just have never. Uh, I've done a lot of great things for self care, but that's one I've never done a good job at, especially during the week. I do better right. job on the weekends. But. Well, I think too one of the things is you you mentioned about you want to get everything more things done. You just have to look at okay, what are those more things? What yeah. are the what of those things? Are there any things that could be delegated or mm. deferred or deleted that's not moving your initiatives forward? You know, it's like a uh, real quick example is like you you list out ten things on your to do list. It's like you look at them and you go, okay, what of these you know these ten? Pick two that's going to make the biggest impact on your initiatives, your goal, what you need to accomplish this week, whatever. Focus on those two first and do everything you can to get those things done as quickly as you can. Then that way, you know, the, it's like the 80-20 rule. It's like 80% of your impact is going to be done by the 20% of what you do. So you just like, okay, I'm going to pick on a couple of those things and hammer those home. And then the other things you know, they may still be important or you may go, you know what, I don't need to do those right now, or I can do those later. And it's, it's an ongoing daily exercise to do that, but that may help with the needing to get so much done. I'm an early riser too. So 4am is not a foreign time for me either, but you know, I, I do turn in, you know, later, you know, but not, it, it depends. I usually try to be consistent with my wake up and my going to bedtime, but you know, sometimes there's things that come up or I'm like, I'm not sleepy. Well, I'm not going to lay in bed because all that's going to do is just toss and yeah. turn and not do that. So I might as well be productive or do something to unwind. Um, but you know, eventually, you know, it's like, okay, I'm ready to go sleep now. And I still get a decent night's sleep. So, and, you know, just figure out what, you know, the best sleep is for you, where you feel mm-hmm. it and just, you know, document it, you know, figure out how you feel like, okay, do I feel good today? No. Okay. All right. What did I eat? How much sleep did I get? And you yeah. just, you know, you tweak it and ha- adjust it. I love that that you know this idea of self-assessment. We're we as leader, we as leaders are good at that, right? We're we're good at assessing the business and saying, okay, well, this is you know this isn't working. Maybe I need to adjust this. What levers do I need to pull to get the business in optimum performance? Is it people? Is it is it a process? Is it a pricing? Is it you know is it a customer's you know uh, more time with marketing and and so we're always doing that as leaders, right? But you're saying do it for yourself, like like 
actually notice what's what works, what doesn't work, what levers can you pull in your life to reduce that stress, reduce that anxiety, and to get, you know, get your body to be able to be recharged, refreshed, and ready to go every day. And what what's what's derailing you, you know, instead of waiting till you reach that burnout and have some sort of catastrophic failure, what can you do to self-correct on a daily and weekly basis? I think that's what you're saying. And I, I really like that. Yep. It's just little adjustments along the way. Like I said before, will make a big, big difference. And you just start in one area that you, you think that you can be successful at maybe adjusting and you do that. And then from there you can, you know, take stock and go, okay, where we are now, you know, what, what, where are we at in the campaign? Where, where are we at in this initiative and adjust accordingly. But again, you know, with clarity, you'll see things clearer if, because mm. if you don't have any clarity and your head's in a fog, yeah, you're you're not going to be able to see things as clear as you need to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, this has been interesting. I mean, there's a lot of things that are in here. Uh, I think we all are dealing with prolonged stress, and we are dealing with uh, a lot of these issues, especially coming out of the pandemic. I think it hasn't. If anything, it's gotten the the, the pace of change is continuing to increase. So so a lot of people are dealing with this these these issues, and this book is going to be helpful to them. What final message would you like to leave with our listeners on the subject of burnout? I, it's something you don't want to stick around with. You know, for me, it was really catastrophic. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. People that I love, I don't hate anybody, but you know, there's people that may not like me as much as I like me. But uh, it's you just want to make sure that you you take care of yourself first. Do things in life you enjoy doing. Make sure you schedule those things, like you would schedule a meeting or appointment. Schedule those things in life you enjoy doing. Make sure you do that every week, and it'll go a long way in helping you prevent burnout. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So, uh, listeners, the book is called Burnout Proof, and uh, highly recommended. This is definitely an issue that uh, we're all dealing with in this modern era that we live in. Change comes quicker and quicker. You got to make sure you take care of yourself. Otherwise, you're going to fall victim of burnout and burnout can be, as you said, catastrophic. And we don't want that to happen in our lives Mm -hmm. because we can't be the best we can be for our organizations if we're burnt out. So I think it's an important message. I really I really like what you've talked about, this idea of of taking care of yourself, taking care of those inputs, you know, making sure you're getting your sleep, make sure you're eating right, make sure you're not filling your head full of nasty information that you just can't sleep because you're thinking about. So these things are really essential in in becoming the best that we can be as leaders. Uh, Michael, how can our listeners find out more about you, your services, and this new book? Uh, The best way to find me is go to breakfastleadership.com. There's all kinds of links at the top and resources for my blog, podcast, uh, online courses, things like that. Uh, For your listening audience, if you go to breakfastleadership.com slash burnout book so burnout book all one word uh you can get a free pdf copy of burnout proof and it's a quick read uh it's less than 100 pages that's intentional because if you're burned out are you going to read a tim ferris <laughs> 600 page book probably not don't try to carry one of those in a backpack by the way because that will you, you'll need a chiropractor afterwards that is one thick book that tool of titans book my goodness is that thing huge takes up half a bookshelf but it's a good book but don't consume it all at once it's, it's what's well, it's impossible to but uh it's a great book 
notebook. But yeah, mine is much, much thinner than that and easy to fit in, you know, maybe even a coat pocket if you want to. But yeah, just go to breakfastleadership.com slash burnout book and just enter your name and email and mother's mate. No, I'm kidding. Don't put your mother's mate. I don't <laughs> need time. to know that. Yeah, no. Yeah. And then one time in your social, no, don't put any of that stuff in there. Just name, email. If you want to type me a message in there, you can, or you can say you, you found out about it on this show. Um, we'll get a copy to you right away. And and then love to chat with anybody that is challenged with burnout or if they think somebody they know is burned out, more than happy to have a conversation with them. Fantastic. And again, you just heard that you got a free resource. If you go to that link, it's on the show notes below. Click on that link, you get a free PDF and you get a chance to connect with Michael and you can deal with whatever you're stressing you out right now. And you want to talk to the expert on burnout, Michael's your man. Uh, He can help you through that. So I highly encourage you to check him out, check out his links. Uh, on his pod, uh, on his um, uh, on his website, and check out his podcast as well. Uh, again, it's another source for leaders to get more information. This stuff is free, and you should be utilizing as much of it as you can to become the best leader you can be. So, Michael, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Really appreciate your uh, your personal perspective on this important subject. So, thanks for coming on the show, and thanks for sharing all this information. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid.